Hello everyone and welcome to our latest official Everton podcast. In this episode, myself, Darren Griffiths and Dave Prentice and Gavin Buckland are looking back 20 years to when a young kid left school in the summer and scored one of the most iconic goals in Premier League history in the autumn. And regardless of where your thoughts or opinions lie, there is absolutely no doubt that Everton Academy product Wayne Rooney was a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Gravison forward. Rooney, instant control. Fancies his chances. Oh! <laughs> I certainly was, yeah, if you can call it work, sitting down and uh, enjoying a moment like that. Uh, I remember it quite vividly, uh, A, because it was like so significant and it was such a, an incredible landmark goal. I mean, uh, the last opportunity he had as a 16-year-old uh, to score, you know, to score in the Premier League. Obviously, he'd scored a couple at Wrexham, you know, sort of a week earlier. Um, and it was just an astonishing time, you know, sort of to watch, you know, sort of a young footballer, you know, sort of come of age, if you like. Uh, at such a young age I mean the atmosphere inside the stadium was electric mm. I remember nobody wanted to go home I mean uh, the, he nearly scored another one like so almost similar just uh, like a minute or two later and uh, I think we witnessed or we knew we'd witnessed something historic something incredible something exciting like you said you know once in a lifetime moment and so nobody was going home it took like about 10 or 15 minutes after the final whistle before people reluctantly started to leave the stand and I always remember uh, the chairman at the time um, had to leave the ground early, I think, and he, he missed the goal. I think he was going to France or something, and um, you know, so he had to make a flight, and so missed the last five or ten minutes, and then spent the best part of like about uh, a week trying to get a video, you know, back in you know, sort of that era, sent over to him. The original video that was sent over to him was Betamax and wouldn't fit his machine, so he had to get another one which was VHS. So you know, so you know, so poor Bill missed you know, saw that moment live, and I had to wait about five or six days to see it replayed. Uh, so yeah, absolute incredible moments, and you know, if you're going through your list of like great Goodison moments, that will certainly feature on many people's. And not just for a mad Evertonian like yourself, Gal, but for an Evertonian statistician. That's a goal from heaven, isn't it? Oh well, yeah. As Pennell said, the last uh, last opportunity he had as a as a sixteen year old, and he'd obviously scored it at um, Wrexham, yeah. and it was Tommy Lawton who was the the youngest goal scorer. Tommy Lawton, one of the greatest players yeah. in the club's history, isn't he? One of the great centre forwards. So yeah, I always remember that, and it was about that time. I think at the time, maybe I think that he made it uh, top ten. The top ten youngest Premier League goal scorers at the time, five of them were Everton players. Right. You know, so we had that like really great youth. Yeah. Product in, products in the, in the late 90s and from, from, from a statistical point of view it was great and I think I know where it was that I was sitting next to you in the press box <laughs> and uh, from your commentary position and it, I think it was a great moment but it was also Arsenal wasn't it yeah. it had that long unbeaten run 20 out 30 games unbeaten one of the best teams uh, in English football history and it would have been a great goal anyway but it now to yourself Beating you know Arsenal you know ending that long unbeaten record, past David Seaman who was the England number one goal goal at the time in the last minute it was all all perfection absolutely, wasn't it in absolutely. terms of history, and and, from a and, and a winning goal was, yeah and a minute yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic the first and, touch is often overlooked yeah funny I was going to bring that up because. Um, it's, it's worth like sort of replaying in your mind again because it was a long ball from, was it Tommy Graveson yeah. um, down the left-hand side? And it's just, you know, the absolute sureness of touch to kill the ball, give himself the opening to like take it on forward. And, you know, we knew it was something special. I mean, I, I've related this story many times before, but I always remember the first time I heard Wayne Rooney's name mentioned. And um, it was down at Belfield when I used to go down and speak to Colin Harvey to get a, a run-through of the under-19s and the under-17s how they got on that weekend. And Colin would go, you know, yeah, such and such a you know, game, so-and-so scored. Under-19, we got beat 3-1. He goes, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great performance. Uh, Rooney scored the goal. And I just said, Rooney, don't know that name. And you know what Colin's like? Colin, you know, so does not suffer fools gladly and doesn't dispense praise easily. And he almost, like, missed it over. And he just looked and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, yeah. He's like a, a young Dalgleish, Dave. Quicker of thought and quicker across the ground. 
And I just looked at him and went from mild here and this. Yeah. And he obviously realised what he said. And I won't use his exact vernacular. <laughs> Don't you dare put that in your newspaper. <laughs> so, so I didn't. So obviously my card was marked then because you know, I think he was 14 then, playing in the under-19s, yeah. which yeah. was ridiculous. And uh, I mean, Walter said at the time, you know, so we've got a young kid that could save me my job. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, but, you know, so David Moyes got the, uh, the best out of him. But it, it was just everything about that goal underlined, you know, so the qualities that he had and that we were to see, you know, so more and more over the next year or two. Had you, had, had you had your intro to a Wayne Rooney goal written for a while? Because we, we all knew about it before the rest of the world did. Had you, had you, had you planned a few phrases that you'd get into your report? I'm not sure I had. I mean, I know, I know Clive, Clive Tills, you know, claims that, that, you know, so remember the name, what wasn't rehearsed, I'm yeah. sure it was. You know, so I'm sure it wasn't just that, you know, ad-libbed. But... I remember the, the goals at Wrexham in the previous game because uh, we were really excited about that and they were decent goals as well. Yeah, yeah. But Dennis Smith, the Wrexham manager at the time, tried to pour cold water all over it by, you know, saying afterwards, you know, journalists waiting for like, you know, a standout line saying, oh, this young 16-year-old has just scored, you know, goals, we, you know, made history at Everton. And Dennis Smith goes, ah, what was the phrase? My mother-in-law could have scored them. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hang on, you know, so she must be some player because, you know, so they, they, they were, you know, so easy goals. So he downplayed it. So you know, that was we, a pretty damning appraisal of his, of Dennis Lawrence's centre half. <laughs> Dennis Lawrence, a lovely, lovely guy, yeah. came onto the coaching staff with Roberto many years later. But if Dennis Smith thinks that his mother-in-law could have outrun yeah. Dennis Lawrence and got the better of Dennis Lawrence, then it doesn't say much for Big Dennis, yeah. does it? No, absolutely. But no, I didn't have anything prepared. But I, we, we wanted to see something a little bit special to justify all the hype that had been built up around him. And it was justified hype because yeah. he was an incredibly special talent. I've never seen a footballer as exciting as that breakthrough, you know, so from the Everton ranks ever. Um, he was just like something incredibly special. Uh, so we wanted to see something a little bit stand out. And as I've said before, you, to do it against Arsenal, yeah. an Arsenal team that hadn't lost for the best part of you know, so 12, 18 months, and for it to be such a late goal and a winning goal and a spectacular goal, you know, it wasn't just a tap-in and a 2-2 you know, sort of draw or something. It was like an incredible goal. So, yeah, it, it sort of highlighted you know, sort of quite how special a talent he was going to be. You must, have been, you must have been prepped. You must have had all your lines ready. You must have checked every game and thought, right, he's moved a little bit further down the list. Or yeah. he goes above him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think because it's the Wrexham game, it's just, as I say, I think it was because we'd had so many youth players. I mean, I remember doing something but you're after the game, saying, have you seen the list of the 10? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like Wayne, I think Danny and Mike, Michael Ball in the same, in, against Arsenal as well. I think, yeah. I think it's still, you know, from a static point. So that's the only game where a tough like game, a 2-17-year-old to score for the same team. Danny yeah. Cattomar, Michael Ball, Ball yeah. Yeah. he came yeah. from 2-0 down. Yeah, 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 in 97. So I think Michael Branch is up there as well. And um, yeah, I had, I had that all up there, but it was the fact that he was 16. Yeah. That, it, it, you know, say, say the club's youngest scorer, Premier League youngest scorer, but at 17, that's one thing, because as Clive said, he broke Michael Owen's record, which added a little yeah, extra yeah. gloss to it. It's just like scoring at 16, and not many people score in the top flight no. at 16. You know, and, and that was that was the big thing for me. It was I very, think I was very still collecting football cards and stickers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, as you touched upon there, I, I watched it the other day, and and, I, and right at the end, he cuts inside from the right and sweeps the ball with the outside of his right foot over David Seaman and onto the roof of the net. Yeah. Now, the height was unbelievable. Anyway, had that gone in. Well, that knows yeah. what would have been doing. Well, you, you saw, can I remember, you know, so what I had prepared, and I can remember actually writing about uh, the fans refusing to go home after that game. And I think I referenced that and said, if that one had gone in, we would still be there now. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we just yeah. wouldn't have gone home. It was, it, was a, it was a wonderful moment anyway, but to have done that as well, oh gosh, would have been just ridiculous. Well, I spoke to Wayne about that goal a few years ago on the Everton show, remember that? And I asked him if he knew back then that once that shot flashed past David Seaman, Life would never be the same again. No, not at the time. I think at the time I was just I was just buzzing to score um, the first league goal. Um, I always remember thinking um, I need to score before I'm 17 in the Premier League. I played a few games and that was what I wanted to do: score when I was still 16. And I think that was the last league game, last chance I had to do it. And thankfully, um, Moisey brought me on and I got the winner. The score on the goal before you're 17 and the score on the goal against Arsenal past David Seaman in the last minute from 25 yards. It was pure theatre, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was great. And I think after the game, it was, it was a, there was a great buzz around the, the stadium after the game. And I think the fans were, they realised that 
you know, someone who grew up watching Everton play and being there with them in the stands and, um, you know, gone onto the pitch and produced a special moment. And I think the fans feel that. I think to score the winning goal, um, you know, and, and in the manner it was scored as well, um, I think the, the buzz around the stadium was brilliant. As you say, you wanted to score while you were still 16, so as you were warming up that day, were you trying to catch Moisey's eye? Were you yeah, to urging be honest, him to I put was you fuming on? before the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I played him um, a couple of games before that and I thought I'd done quite well and I thought I deserved to, to start the game. And um, Although I was 16, I was always confident and I always believed that. Um, I was good enough to play, and I think that was always being part of me, um, my character as a, as a football player. And um, I remember not being happy that I weren't playing. And obviously, when you look back, you understand, and you you, you realise why um, they're doing it to protect you a bit. You know, both from physically, and you don't you don't really you can't physically play mm. all the games. You can't play 90 minutes every game, and um, so that's what he was doing. But um, yeah, I just wanted to get on the pitch and. Um, try and make an impact and thankfully I did. It's come to Tommy and he's just he just tried to get something on him and get it clear and I remember having a look over my shoulder and um, seeing the Sol Campbell it was had, had dropped off and um, left me in a lot of space so give me the time to bring it down and turn and as soon as I turned I seen I had the space in front of me to shoot and um, I had the goal took my chances and um, thankfully, it went in the top corner. Is it possible to explain or even remember what thoughts were going through your head when you saw the ball flash past David Seaman and into the back of the net? Not really. Um, I just ran off. I um, obviously remember running over towards the main stand. and um, I always remember being on Kevin Campbell's sh shoulders. I don't know if that's after the game. <laughs> I or think that was at the end. Is it at the end? I always remember being on <laughs> Kevin Campbell's shoulders. and um, But I could see the the excitement and the, how happy the players were because they I think all the players knew how much it meant to me and you could see it in, in my teammates face as well so it was a big moment for me What did you do that night Wayne? Um, you must have watched on match of the day surely I can't remember if I watched it you know I went back home um, remember we we, had, we just had a kick about in um, obviously where I'm from in, in Croxteth So you went out to play in the street when you got in? It was just like a few garages and we used to go back there. I would go back after every game and um, just have a kick around, chat and just with a few lads and that was it really, it was nothing, nothing special. The excitement at the stadium was a mixture of pure excitement at the brilliance of the goal and, and a little bit of disbelief as well. I did the commentary that day with Steve Watson and he just took his headphones off, just threw them, he didn't know what to say. What was it like in training the following week, can you remember? Um, was it just get back in and get back on with it? Yeah, I remember. I actually remember before the next game thinking, "You can't leave me on the bench <laughs> <laughs> uh, for this game." But no, I think it was. Yeah, just at that time, you just want to be playing every day. You want to be playing games every day, and um, that's all I wanted to do was just play. And um, terrific for your mum and dad, wasn't it? Yeah, me mum and dad, obviously, me dad. Um, Massive Evertonian um, always has been, and for him, um, it was such a proud moment to see his lad um, come through the academy. Was I know he was extremely proud of that, but then to go on to the fair team and and that first goal was um, it was an emotional moment for him. And it just sums it up, I think, Dave. Going back to the first question that I asked Wayne in that brief conversation, at the age of sixteen, he was suddenly one of the most famous people in the country. Yeah. That's a lot to take on. It is, and I think David Moyes handled the situation very well. Uh, he did all he could to protect him, and I don't think Wayne appreciated, you know, so how much, uh, you know, so David, you know, so kept him back. I think he wanted to be unleashed on the footballing world, and uh, David was like, no, 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 let's introduce you bit by bit, and you know, so you know, bit rolls off the bench, and then took him out to the firing line on a couple of occasions, and he was just like such an ir irrepressible force in nature. He wanted to be, you know, so playing all the time. But it was, you know, I mean, he famously went back home, didn't he, after that, and started having a kick around on the street with his mates, you know, because he was still a 16-year-old street footballer, uh, which he later used as, like, you know, his own branding. Uh, but it was, it was absolutely accurate. And it did, he just, he became this, like, you know, sort of absolute superstar. I mean, it wasn't long after that that he was uh, called up for England. And, um, you know, I, I went down to Upton Park to see him make his, uh, his England debut against Australia. 
and uh, Franny Jeffers, you know, Shane have scored in that game uh, yeah. for England. And the hype that surrounded him even then, because uh, we, uh, I was working at the Echo, obviously, at the time, and uh, one of our future writers, Paddy Shannon, who knew Wayne's family really well, uh, got an invite on the uh, on the coach, a big chatter going down to, uh, to watch him make his debut. And Paul Stratford got wind of this, Wayne's agents, and hauled him off and said that, no, no, you know, so, you know, basically national newspapers will pay a fortune for this level of exposure. So poor Paddy got to like those. So that sort of underlined, you know, sort of how much of a, a commodity, if you like, Wayne has suddenly become very, very quickly. You know, so everybody wanted a piece of him. Everybody wanted a little slice of the action. That England game was his 11th start as a professional footballer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I was, I was, I was trying to think beforehand about before we did this about any comparable players I'd seen beforehand. Certainly in this country, and the only one I could think of was somebody who was trying to later play for Everton was Norman Whiteside, yeah. who like Wayne had played at sixteen, played in the World Cup, and he just turned seventeen. Yeah. Um, and like Wayne was, you know, had a football intelligence way way beyond his years. A lot more intelligence off the pitch of what people would, you know, yeah. give them credit for, and had this like Wayne at that young age had this radar, that awareness of of, of what was you know round, and that only the only the, the great players have. And in my time watching English football, they are probably the only two I've put them two together because Norman Norman was a great player when yeah. he was younger, and and, and I think to, one of the things with Wayne is like that was always the danger of Wayne when he came. Would he go like where Norman's career had finished by about by the time he finished there, wasn't he? But like twenty five, you know, yeah. with with injury, and that was that was the thing. But Wayne was how you know, he was, he was going to be a great player, but let's hope he has a long career, which which he did as well, yeah. which people forget. And that comparison with Norman Whiteside, the sixteen, seventeen year olds, was the only two I can think of and watching watching football in this country. It's funny thinking about you know so Wayne, you know the way his career developed. I think he became a different type of player when he went to Man United uh, because. At Everton, he was basically given the freedom to express himself because David Moyes allowed him to, you know, to be whatever he wanted to be. Just go out there and, and show your talent, show your skills. And he became this like absolute force of nature. Remember the chant now, you know, so Rooney's going to get you, yeah, Rooney's going to get you. It was, it was just, we were so excited and so gripped. And we saw so many wonderful moments in those two years before he went to United. And the first couple of games at United, again, you know, the hatchet against Fenerbahce, yeah. it was like, that was all in evidence. But I think he had to become a more disciplined footballer and had to play to the team's strengths then. And certainly when Cristiano Ronaldo arrived, you know, to basically, you know, to accommodate him. And he's prepared to do that. So I think at Everton, we saw the fresh, you know, sort of free spirit, you know, sort of footballer. And then at United, he became still an absolutely incredible footballer, you know, the greatest goal scorer in Man United's history and English football history. But a more disciplined version of that. So I think for those two years, they were very, very special. You know, so we saw something quite, uh, quite magical. I'd say the same for England as well, by the yeah. way. That those yeah. two years for England. I mean, I think his first big game for England was against Turkey. I think in a in a um, would be Euro qualifier, wasn't it? I think yeah. for two thousand and four. I think that was about March two thousand and three. I think that was at the stadium of Light when they were obviously playing Wembley. And the BBC covered covered That's it. Right. And Wayne, yeah. Wayne played in his yeah. first start. I remember Lineker was saying, you know. We've got a player here, you know, because I think it was <laughs> yeah. the first time nationally where people yeah. had seen him yeah. in a in a live game, and he was he was outstanding. And as I said, what, seventeen years, what five months, and I think that was actually the first time people had, had had seen him play. And there was that fearlessness that for England, and obviously come like in Euro two thousand and four and Everton, which he, yeah. he lost a bit of that. Yeah. I think he did as you as you get older anyway, wherever yeah, you yeah. play, but. That, that 2000 to 2004, it was, it was fantastic. Well, that European Championship, uh, you know, sort of campaign was just absolutely ridiculous. You know, again, you were, you were watching, you know, sort of history in the making during that tournament because he was just a young, irrepressible force in nature. And England probably would have won that tournament if he hadn't got injured. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. he was carrying England in that tournament. That's funny amazing. you mentioned about Paddy Shannon getting hauled off the, uh, off the bus. Yeah. I did Wayne's first interview when he was 16. I took him across to the Porter Cabin at Belfield yeah. and did an interview with him for the Evertonian magazine. Yeah. And uh, he was 16 years of age. He'd just gone to Paul Stratford. Yeah. And uh, I had to send the transcription through and the finished article through to Paul Stratford. And Paul Rowe, get on really well with Paul, I think he's yeah. a jacket. And he rang me and he said, no, Daz, he said, take that out, take that out, you can use that, but take that out. And yeah. I was saying, Paul, the stuff you're telling me to take out, it's brilliant there, yeah. gold. He said, yeah, he said, but we keep them back for this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the age of 16. Yeah. Wow. What, what yeah. book? But, but that, was, that, was, that, was just, that was just him, and that's yeah. why he's in a, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, talent and a once-in-a-lifetime footballer. And Wayne Rooney was just a small boy when he first came to the attention 
of Everton Football Club and the director of the academy at the time was Ray Hall. I asked Ray when the future superstar first appeared on Everton's radar. Uh, it was off one of the scouts, uh, passed away now, Bob Pendleton, bless him, uh, contacted me one evening and said, look, you need to get down to uh, the playing fields in Fazakli. There's a young kid here, um, Rooney, family of Evertonians. Uh, I said, OK, I'll come down on Sunday. Uh, went down and it was like a who's who. The lad was eight years of age and there were, there were directors of football from clubs, some from London, and this is... Wow. Uh, Anyway, during the game, he's picked this ball up, gone through it, and he actually rounded the goalkeeper, ran it into the net, picked the ball up, ran back to the centre circle and just plopped it on the floor. So, anyway, you think, wow. So I spoke to Bob and I said, look, we need to get him in and uh, we'll get him registered. Couldn't really do it, we had to wait. But he said, yeah, OK, I'll get him in on Monday. Phone goes Sunday night, he's got a trial at Liverpool. Uh, and I'm thinking, anyway, I won't go into the background of what, <laughs> what happened. But uh, he came over with his father uh, on the Monday night, and Joe Royal was the manager. And I said, Joe, just come in and, and, and say hello to the young lad here. His first, one of his first games was against Manchester United, and uh, small sided. Uh, small goals seven aside I think uh, and he scored an overhead kick <laughs> similar to the one that was voted yeah. goal of the season yeah. or whatever it was and I turned around and all the friends I've got in Manchester United and they all looked at me and uh, I'd have to be careful of my language but basically it was what on earth have you got there <laughs> so you know he was he was noticed and and then he went on and on and on were you at the game when he scored against Arsenal? Yeah, I was sat next to Bob Pendleton and when he picked the, I mean, it, it bounces and he kind of controls it mm. facing away from the goal. And when he's turned, and I, I, whatever distance it was, Bob nudged me in the, in the, in the ribs and said, he's going to shoot. Lovely moment for his mum and dad. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and they were great. You know, often... As the academy manager, one of the things that you, you hope for is that the families will be supportive. And Wayne uh, and his mum were, were, you know, they were tough with him, but tough good. I've got written down here, Walter and Moisey. I, I want to speak yeah. to both about, about, about both managers because Walter... Uh, Walter would have absolutely loved yeah. to have had Wayne Rooney, and 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 Walter and Moisey were they, they had similar characteristics, but they were also, in many ways, they were different. You know, Walter handled Gaza when he was yeah. at his height when he was playing for Glasgow Rangers, man of the match every week. Whether Moisey could have done that or not, I don't know, but it would have been interesting. You know, you knew Walter very well. It would have been really interesting for Wayne to have a season with Walter, wouldn't it? I, I think Walter possibly would have indulged Wayne more than uh, than David did. And handled him differently. Certainly, I remember, as I mentioned, uh, at the end of the you know sort of the season that Walter got the sack. I remember him sitting down and saying to me, "We've got a young kid here that might save me my job." Mm. And uh, you know, I obviously, I'd had the conversation with Colin and I brought it up, and you know, Walter had reinforced and saying, "Oh yeah, he's special." You know, so this, this, he could save me my job, this kid. And he actually um, took him down to Southampton, where he could have become the youngest like sort of player in Everton's history. And uh, ended up sitting on the bench, uh, or just being part of the travelling squad. Maybe don't even know if he made it on the bench. Yeah, we won one day. I think Watto scored, yeah. but uh, he never got near, uh, you know, sort of the pitch. And that was his last opportunity to become the youngest goal scorer. Which I was quite pleased with. Because I love Joe Royal. Joe, you know, me big mate, Joe. And, you know, so, <laughs> and he still kept the record then, which he was like, you know, so really thrilled about being the youngest player. Mm. Obviously, when he became the youngest goal scorer, uh, but. I think he went on England duty then, Wayne. Uh, England under-18s or something, I think it was, or under-17s, even to a tournament. And so then he couldn't play in the last couple of games of the season. So we had to wait until the following season when obviously a change had been made. David Moyes had come in and it handled him very, very differently. But yeah, I think it would have been very interesting to see, you know, so how he did. Because, you know, Walter was almost like a father figure to Paul Gascoigne and yeah. became like this like, sort of mentor to him. 
And whether he would have been the same with Wayne, I don't know. Um, Archie, know, Archie Knox and Wayne Rooney would have been a follow-up. <laughs> 100%, yeah. But yeah, they, they certainly would have handled him differently. Whether I mean, such was his talent. I don't think it mattered. He, he would have liked being a success, yeah. whoever the manager was. I remember speaking to Nick Chadwick uh, on a Bread of Blue podcast, Gav, and I said to Chadwick, you must be the most unlucky Everton striker to ever come through the academy because just as soon as you got onto the peripheral and scored a couple of goals, along comes a boy wonder. Now, David Moyes was never going to play two teenage strikers up front, so Chaddy was effectively done. But yeah. to a certain extent, I often felt I feel a little bit sorry for David Moyes with, with the Wayne Rooney situation because he came from managing Preston North End to very, very quickly being in charge of the most precocious talent in world football. Yeah. And, and it, it, it it wouldn't have been an easy job for anybody, let alone somebody that was new to the No, and I, that's the difference between Walser, you were saying about Walser and Gazza and Moisey and Rooney, but Walser was obviously 10 years older than Moisey yeah. or something like that, and a lot more management experience to, to, to call yeah. upon. I should say that, and Moisey being the second division at Preston, what, yeah. six months before Wayne made his debut, so two completely different things. It was difficult for him, but it did present an opportunity, and to be fair to Moisey, I'd say he handled it. Yeah. Pretty, Pretty well, yeah. I think. Given yeah. the scrutiny on on Wayne and the scrutiny on, on Moyes as a manager at a big club, I think I think both of them came out of it quite well. And obviously, then you had like sort of you know Wayne, you know Wayne's the the, the, the sort of media scrutiny on Wayne as a consequence in the following twelve months or so. But I, it made Moyes as a manager, and he's still managing now. Yeah. But that that his whole career starts on the Arsenal game, and then the six game winning run that took us to third. I just want to jump back a little bit in time and go back to the uh, the FA Youth Cup run that uh, Wayne was involved in the season before he made his debut. And I remember being at White Hart Lane and Gary Jacob, who you'll know very well from the, from the Times, was sitting next to me and he, and he said, anybody we should look out for because <laughs> it hadn't leaked out then. Yeah. And I said, uh, I said the, the kid Rooney's not bad. And literally within two minutes, we had the free kick yeah. into the wall, back to Wayne, thigh volley, top corner. And Gary Jacob just sat there, eyes out on stalks, just looking out over the pitch. And he, he just turned to me and he said, I want the first interview with that boy. You've got to give me the first interview. Um, and, and it was just, it was, it was Wayne Rooney, I think, dragged that youth team through to yeah. the final. I spoke to the, the current Plymouth Argyle manager, Stephen Schumacher, recently. And I asked him about that FA Youth Cup run because Shuey was an integral part of the team. Now, Wayne went on to break records left, right and centre, become a Premier League legend. The other 10 in that team didn't muster a single Everton first-team appearance between them. But Stephen Schumacher, understandably, refuted the suggestion that it was very much a case of Wayne Rooney and 10 others. So so we all knew that Wayne was special in the group. Everybody knew. Yeah. But I, I don't think everybody, anybody honestly would have said 100% Wayne's going to be England's leading goal scorer and one of the best players this country's ever produced like we could all see the raw talent that's just what he had um, but there wasn't it wasn't just the Wayne Rooney show and 10 others so mm. in that FA Youth Cup run you know Michael Symes played his part he, he chipped in with big important goals especially away at West Ham in the first round um, Stephen Beck was a good player for us could create chances um, Alan Mugan was a top player you know consistent honest hard working it was a very good um, team, wasn't it? We, we had a great team and we had a real good goalkeeper and Andrew Pettinger. We had myself and Rob Sutton played at the back that season. We played centre-backs and, and we were solid. We were well organised, as you would imagine, with Colin Harvey. We were a good team. Mm. But yet we had this little kid up front who could score a goal out <laughs> of the blue every now and again. Um, and it was clear that he was better than everybody else because he was 18 months younger than everybody else at the time. Um, but what... Well, probably went against the rest of the team. If you think, is that that was what we were based on? We were all measured against Wayne Rooney. If you weren't yeah. Wayne, you probably wasn't good enough. Yeah. Now, as I said, Wayne went on to be the best player this country's probably ever produced. So that was tough for for the other ten, if you like, to sort of live up to that expectation. But so I think Aston Villa's team who beat us in the final, I think nine of them went on and played in the Premier League, and only one of ours did. So that's probably a bit disappointing. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult one to argue, Preno, isn't it? Because Wayne is great, England's greatest ever goal scorer. The other 10 didn't play forever between them, but one player can't get you to a Youth Cup final, surely. No, you need a little bit more than that, but certainly when your player is as good as Wayne Rooney, it, it can help enormously. I think, like we mentioned Michael Owen before, and he did something similar with the Liverpool youth team only a year or two previously. And he, he did effectively carry that team. I mean, 
that that Spurs goal has become iconic. You know, so I mean, you were there as well. I'll tell you why you were parties of history in the making there. Because yeah. I mean, there is video evidence of that goal, and it was like you know, it hit the wall, didn't it? Came back to him, and just similar to what he did for Man United against Fenerbahce, and just like leathered it again. And it was just like the kind of thing that you know, so a regular teenage footballer probably wouldn't even have attempted. But he was just like so you know, so confident in his own ability. He did. Uh, I probably disagree with Stephen a little bit on that because I do. I think that you know, so Wayne was just so special. He did carry that team, you know, so most of the way through. He had a few thousand a day, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Wayne's career, if you're an Everton fan, didn't start with the Arsenal game, did it? It probably goes back eighteen yeah. months, two yeah, years yeah. before. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, all around the country, mate. Oh, Wayne Moon, you know, remember the name? Well, Evertonians have remembered remembered the name for eighteen yeah. months. Um, it's what the Golden Space game wasn't bad, by the way, if you remember. It was a cross yeah. came over yeah. from the right, and I think he yeah. went to dummy it, didn't he? He dummy the Spurs defender, then, then volleyed it in. Um, yeah, so I, I think he was, I don't know, you're talking Maradona in the 86 World Cup, and <laughs> the, yeah. the Youth yeah. Cup yeah. in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those lads did go on and have yeah, yeah. careers. They were very, yeah, yeah. very good footballers, and, and Stephen Schumacher now was a much-talked-about young manager. Um, but it, it, it is an interesting argument just said another point on that sometimes youth players don't get in because the first team's doing well by the way over the you know in that 2002-03 yeah. when you would expect maybe one or two of them to come yeah. through yeah. We, had, we, had, we had quite a strong squad so sometimes it's the centre of the first team squad can dictate whether your team players uh, get, get in get in the and of course team. that FA Youth Cup run also yielded the uh, the once a blue you know the famous t-shirts <laughs> Which you know, effectively came back to haunt him, yeah. And you know, when he left, you know, so Everton fans were desperately disappointed yeah. because we thought we had a player who was going to be with yeah. us for a long time. The thing about the Spurs game, didn't Dan Huddle try to buy him afterwards? Then he did that. There's a story, isn't that? Really? said something like, I'll you know, I'll pay, I'll pay five million for him now, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Something else I've got written down here in front of me here the Leeds goal. Oh, wow, one of my favorites ever in goals, that be- because it. It sort of reinforced, you know, so what we knew, which was he's a very, very special talent. Obviously, people had seen the goal against Arsenal, and you think, oh, okay, that could be a one-off, you know. So anybody, you know, so can have a, a wonder moment and score a goal that stays with them for the rest of their career. But it was Leeds, Alan Jordan, which was in a notorious bogey ground. We hadn't won there since poor old Tommy Eglinton, I think it was scored yeah. in 1951. Yeah. So it was an incredible spell. And again, it was a wonderful goal. Uh, the way he just turned back, the way like nutmeg somebody like sort of jinked, you know, so onto the edge of the area and drilled it across the goalkeeper. Just a wonderful goal, and again, a winning goal. Yeah. And again, you can just see the reaction of the crowd behind the goal. Again, they knew that one of their own had just done something absolutely incredible, absolutely historic. And I wouldn't say better than the Arsenal goal, you know, because the Arsenal goal was was so special. But for me, it was as good. Was it close, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. I I loved it. Well, one of my favourite ever Everton goals. It was. It was just a great, great goal. The first league win at Ellen Road since the fifties, Gav. Yeah, that was second division. It was the first win since uh, Tommy Long's days, wasn't it? Thirty seven, thirty two. Friday night, didn't we? Yeah, uh, that was in '85. Yeah, yeah, but it was, yeah. the, it was just been a terrible place for us, us to go. He scored there the following season as well, didn't he? Yeah, that was a, a great, was a great shot. That was my screen saving and work for about twelve months. <laughs> jumping in front of the crowds, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. it was an absolutely brilliant uh, shot. I mean, he came on the sub of that game yeah, as well, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. He hadn't started that game, but that was another memorable. I, I think I said before on the pod several times that 2002-3 season is one we like three or four favourite Everton campaigns because yeah. of moments like that. The Leeds game is fantastic. Well, let's hear from one of his teammates. Wayne Rooney really was a very special talent. And when I bumped into Mark Pembridge at Tottenham Hotspur recently, I quizzed him all about Wayne and about when he first became aware that we had a really exceptional young footballer on our books. Um, there was always there was always talk when they had a good um, a good FA Cup uh, FA Youth Cup run, um, and then I think after that he came he came and played um, in a game at Witness where I was coming back from injury. And he was playing. You sat. He was in the dressing room with his school uniform on. <laughs> and you think like, oh, and he's like, he looked like a little kid, like you know. And but uh, we started the game, and he's he's playing, and the ball is finally the ball's gone over the top of the Sunderland defence, and like all the Sunderland back four have like stood still and and not moved, thinking it's going out, going out to play, going out for a goal kick. But Wayne's chased it, and <laughs> he managed. <laughs> he's kept it in by a long by a long way, and like I think all the Sunderland players are like looking around, thinking, wow. This kid's like special, like you know what I mean. He trained with the first team, didn't he? When Walter was the manager, what was he like then? Yeah, he was good. He came in. He came in. Obviously, with with the school restrictions and things like that, it was only limited time. He, he was coming in. But also, I remember I remember him down at um, Southampton being on the bench with him as well. 
Um, and I think we were up against it a little bit and the game was quiet and things like that. So I said to him, I nudged him, I said, come on, I said, go out for a warm-up. I said, get the crowd going, get the Everton fans going. And I go, and he was like, no, 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 I said, out, come on, out. So <laughs> sure enough, he goes out. I run behind him, he's gone out, and all the Everton fans are coming up. Ah, Rudy, Rudy has got the crowd going, got the boys going on the pitch, like so, which is which is great, like, you know. You've coached young players, you've played alongside Wayne Rooney. Is he, is he in a once-in-a-lifetime player? I think so, yeah. You know, I think... People don't realise that what he had when he was that young of age, that he could compete with men, it was 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 scary. He wasn't phased by training with the first team, was he? No, he wasn't. No, I, th- I think it's I think it's that that Liverpool upbringing. Um, I think that you know you know you, you toughen up and you know in that environment, and I think he, he he fitted in really well, and he was fine. You know he battled, he fought for everything, and and that's what you need to do in the professional game. And you need to have that. You need to have that. Um, that cutting edge, yeah. that yeah. aggression, yeah. that nastiness within your game. Obviously within it. control, and he had, he had it. You knew he had a special talent as soon as he came through the door at 16, but you know, you see so many people, so many young kids have talent at 16, but not, not to the extent that Wayne had it, and they fall by the wayside. Wayne obviously took that on board and, and went to a different level because you knew you could see Wayne that, that when he used to come... The pressure, the pressure he used to have being a, the youngest player in the Premier League of just coming out of school and things like that, that you can see when he used to come into the training ground, he used to sigh of relief. I'm in the training ground now. I can relax, I can do what I want and express myself and do and be a normal person, you know? Something to tell your grandkids, isn't it, that you played with Wayne Rooney? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, uh, um, I've just started at the, at the local school as well, um, down in Reigate and, and they keep asking me, oh, sir, did you play with like Wayne Rooney and things like that? I say, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's ironic really, you know. England, um, I must admit, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest England fan, uh, but 2004, the Euros, I, I, I really, really was because uh, I was in Greece for part of it and we were watching it on big screens and, and you were just so proud of Wayne Rooney, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because we're not really, I'm starting to think about who would have been the last major play we'd had for England really before, Wayne, would it be Lineker, would it, I think, probably in 1986? Yeah, 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 and I know like, like Martin Keown played in major tournaments, but in terms of being the headline player, yeah, yeah. it would be, it, you know, it would be a long time, and um, he was just, he was a force of nature, wasn't he, and, and that, that youthful figure, and just completely absence of fear that you have at 18 and you could tell everybody was scared of him couldn't you, you know, scored mm. two against Croatia two against Switzerland and you're thinking that well, it was, it was the, the France defender uh, in the first game who oh gosh I can't remember his name now the, uh, it was an absolute solid you know sort yeah. of unit and Wayne just smashed him in like the first like so a couple of minutes of the game and you could see the French players looking at each other thinking who is this kid and he got brought down for the penalty didn't he yeah. and he, went, yeah. he ran half yeah. the length of the pitch yeah. didn't he but yeah. yeah it was just the force of nature yeah. I think as Plano said that was like one real disappointments of watching England is like when they play Portugal in, in the yeah. quarter final yeah. it started off really well and um, he goes to goes the ball by the touchline, doesn't he, on the, on the right-hand side, and his, his ankle goes. And it, it was a, there, was a, there was a little bit of sadness about it, though, as that tournament progressed, yeah. because it was becoming increasingly obvious yeah. that Wayne was going to leave. And, and when you suppose a football club, you, you get used to players coming and going. But I remember being absolutely despondent at the concept of Wayne leaving. But we just finished fourth from bottom. You'll know there was a yeah. there was a wee bit of unrest about the place at the time, Preno. And yeah. if you're England's best player and you've just finished fourth from bottom, you are going to leave. It was it was it was desperately disappointing. I know David Moyes had spoken many times in the past about uh, Fernando Torres at Atletico Madrid and how he hoped that you know so Wayne could do something similar at Everton. In other words, remain at the club till he was 23, 24, captain the club, scored lots of goals. And then leave with the best wishes of you know so everybody you know so concerned when the time was right. Uh, he was never going to do a Matt Letizia and spend his like so sort of entire career there because, as you rightly say, Everton were having those roller coaster seasons on the Moors. You know, we'd finish seventh in his first season, then we would finish fourth from bottom the previous season. And it was a bit of a misnomer that one because I remember it very very well. You know, we got you know so sort of comfortably safe with seven games to go. Good Friday beat Spurs at home three one, and then the players like they effectively down tools. You know, so some of them you know they. 
Moyes was like a real tough taskmaster at the time and he hadn't quite developed into the coach and the man manager that he became. And yeah, there, there was a little bit of disaffection in the ranks. And, you know, so clearly, you know, so Wayne's handlers thought the, the opportunity was right to, for his talents to be paraded on a much bigger stage. And, you know, so Alex Ferguson, you know, so jumped in. And, you know, the move made sense for all concerned at the time. And, you know, we were able to, you know, rebuild the squad. It helped us financially. Uh, and the players that we brought in, to be fair, we finished fourth, you know, so without him. You know, in mm-hmm. fact, I remember going to, uh, to Old Trafford on the, the Bank Holiday Monday, I think it was, and drawing nil-nil. And thinking, yeah, you know, so you know, so the, the side's looking okay without him, but it was desperately sad because he was so special. He was an Evertonian, and uh, you know, we thought he could spend a long time with us and like sort of give us like memories to cherish, and he didn't. And I think that's why things soured quite quickly. And then when he subsequently came back to Goodison, you know, so he, he was booed. You know, so Alex Ferguson left him out of one game yeah. uh, because the uh, the crowd reaction was so intense, and it was it was it, it, it was horrible. It was uh, it was very very sad and sour. But equally, at the time, it probably did serve you know, sort of both parties well in the long run, even though we couldn't see it at the time. I certainly couldn't. Well, one man who potentially could have benefited from Wayne's departure was James McFadden. Still only a young man himself at the time, I suggested recently to Faddy that his own opportunities may have been more frequent once Wayne headed up the M62. No, I never, I never thought about that. I just... My initial... I was torn because Wayne as he went on to prove, was special, like miles ahead of everybody. There was there was nobody even close to him. And I think that he gets a hard a hard time, I think, because of the way that his career's ended and maybe under he's underappreciated for sure for yeah. me because yeah. I don't think there's been... He was unique. You know, you talk about generational talents. He was certainly one of them. And I don't think we'll see anyone close to him for a long time certainly I don't think we'll see it in England and I, I just think it was phenomenal and at that time you're thinking well it's not as if he's he's left on a free or he's decided that his time's up and you know it was it was a lot of money for the club I know the club didn't weren't flush with cash at that time yeah. and it was it was one of the one of them where you were happy that he was going on a you know, better himself or, or going on to play in the Champions League like he scored the hat-trick in his debut and, and test himself at the highest level. But at the same time, you're thinking, right, we've lost this player. This player is, you know, he's went for 30 million at 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's a special player. We have lost him. I never felt, right, that's it, I'll get a chance. I just I just remember thinking, you know, two things. I was happy that it, for him because it was a great move for him. But I was, you know, disappointed that we'd lost a player of that ability and I never really thought, although everybody looks and says players are selfish, I I, I don't remember ever thinking, right, that's good, he's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I just thought, right, we've lost a good player. I hope that we go and get better players in. I think that when you're trying to build a successful club, you can't look and say, right, the strongest link's out the way. Now I can step in. You have to look and say, the strongest players in the team, can I get in in front of them? Can I... You know, I play beside him. Can I can I force my way in? I think it has to be a challenge. It can't be right. That's about the way. I'll be all right now. I'll get a game. I don't think I ever felt like that. Some Evertonians have still never forgiven him, have they? No, they haven't. Son. Yeah, I get that. But you know, so equally, he was such a young footballer who deserved, you know, sort of a better platform and a better stage. I mean, was it his debut the Champions League or yeah, you know, so yeah. you know. So, you know, so to go from that, you know, so from a relegation fight at Everton or, you know, so finishing fourth from bottom to parading his skills, you know, so on that stage. And he was like England's like so regular centre forward then as well. So, you know, it, it probably was right. But no, I understand why Everton fans didn't forgive him. There was the famous game, you know, so at the park end where he scored and because of the stick he was getting, he, you know, stupid, he'll accept himself that it wasn't the you know, cleverest thing to do where he kissed the badge and that uh, Man United badge and again that just like you know reinforced things and also as well I think that was 2005 wasn't it yeah. the Davis season Wayne's only he's not even 20 then by the way so he's still like a very very young man it's not as if he's 30 and yeah. I've seen it all he's still a kid mm. you know so the, what you're saying there Darren is right it's just an emotional reaction isn't it every player 
Yeah, most players have done that at the time, uh, haven't they? Yeah. As he subsequently proved as well, he remained a blue. You know, I know he said that you know the once a blue T-shirt and that was used you know against him. But you know, just look at the way he brought his kids up. You know, so yeah. they're all like mad Evertonians. Yeah. You know, he still loves the club. Well, it was a sad departure at the time, and as you say, kind of it probably suited both parties. This is what Wayne said in an interview on BT Sport a few years ago. It was very difficult. Um, obviously, growing up, Everton fan, Everton was the club I loved, and. I think I just, from that, that two years, from 16 to 18, I knew I'm an ambition, ambitious person. I want to win trophies, um, I want to play at the highest level, and I knew to, to achieve that, I had to leave Everton. Um, although it was it was so difficult, it was it was the right decision for me. And also it was the right decision for Everton. Everton was struggling um, for money, um, they were in debt, and um, the money they, they, they got for me helped them out a lot for that. So um, I think it was right for both myself, but also for Everton. When Wayne Rooney played for Everton in Duncan Ferguson's testimonial, Gav, that's when I really started to think he's coming back here. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, he proved right. So it was two thousand and seventeen, and I think, I think, as you say, as Pano says, always an Everton fan, and I think, I think, probably he would always wanted to come back at some point. Yeah. So when when he come back in seventeen, I think it, obviously he was thirty two. I mean, saying about his career, I thought it was like 15 years after his debut, so he played 15 years, tough life football, all the scrutiny that you're talking about, that and on and off yeah. the pitch. You know, there's not many players who have that longevity. And and so when he came back, you're thinking, not sure whether this will work or not. And he had the, on, on the basic stats point of view, I think, what, to get 10 Premier League goals in the season that, that, that we struggled? And you know what I always think, I said to Prano at the time, You'd always want a goal in the derby against Liverpool, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, from from a, from a kid, and I'm just wondering in his career highlights, score especially score at Anfield as yeah. well in front of the Everton fans. That would be that would be right up and there. He had, to, he, he had to convert the penalty, didn't he? he yeah, had yeah, to score, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd have lost the yeah, game. Yeah. No, I, I was I was delighted with that. That was uh, that will be one of his highlights. And, and for me, I think I think it did work. Wayne coming back, he was our top scorer in his in, in his probably his only full season, but. I don't think he was used properly, Prenton, do you? I mean, Koeman brought him in and then got the sack. Yeah. Once he took over and Wayne scored a hat-trick, he scored from his own half, and then yeah. Sam Allardyce came in, and then all of a sudden Wayne became a little bit peripheral. Yeah, it was, a, it was strange. I mean, I remember the, like, the, the fan base seemed to be a little bit split at the time, you know, so over that. Some saw it as him, you know, sort of basically coming for one swan song, you know, so one last hurrah, if you like, when he was way past, you know, the quality of player he had been. But I think that overlooked how good a player he still was. And no, he wasn't the footballer he had been. He wasn't going to be, you know, this 2025 goal a season striker who scored wonder goals. But what he'd become instead, because like you said earlier, his football intelligence was so great, was this, you know, sort of controlling number 10 stroke, you know, sort of central midfield player that could, you know, sort of dictate the pace of games a lot better. And he did, you know, still provided us with a number of like standout moments, obviously the goal at Anfield and, you know, the hat trick against West Ham and a number of other moments as well. So I think in hindsight, I think, you know, so history will probably favour that return a little bit more favourably than it was at the time. Like I say, you know, the fans were split and, you know, he was eased out very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it, was it, it seemed to happen, you know, so much quicker than we anticipated it. And it was, it was all a little bit, you know, so dissatisfaction, but... I don't know. There were still standout moments. We did, we did uh, get, you know, so some highlights, you know, sort of add to the reel. And uh, I think in hindsight we can look back and say yes, it was still a successful return. And not many players come back, you know, so and make a success of their second coming. You can go through a huge list, and uh, you know, so find players that have failed to do that. Was Wayne's a success? I'd argue it was. Maybe not quite, you know, so what people might have hoped because of what he'd said previously yeah. was still a success. I'm going to finish with our. Bit of audio from a, a very special guest, Paul Whitfield. I know we're gathering a lot back at me blankly here. Paul Whitfield was the Wrexham goalkeeper. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. Tonight, Wayne over his account. Paul, just before we speak about Wayne Rooney, if I look at your Wikipedia page, it tells me you're an Everton fan. Is that right? That's correct. A little bit of an Everton fan. Is yeah. that through family connections? No. Um, when I was younger, I was forced into goal and being from. The area of Landed, no. Obviously, oh, there's a, a bit of a famous Evertonian goalkeeper. Yeah. Say no more. Um, he was my idol. Uh, yeah, so obviously, I followed followed Neville Southall's career. Um, 
yeah, as a youngster, that he was my idol. So, yeah. It's something to tell your grandkids, isn't it, that you're the first ever goalkeeper to concede the goal against Wayne Rooney? It is. It is. Um, I mean, it's a, it was a running joke in, in my previous employment. Um, <laughs> one of uh, the lads used to, to wind me up and I always used to say, well, I gave him the confidence to go and stick it past him about 10 days or two weeks later. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just a bit of a running joke. We were aware at Wrexham uh, that we had Wayne Rooney, this this boy wondered at the age of 16, at the time of the game, Paul. We were, we were aware, and we actually played against Everton pre-season uh, in a friendly, and he actually came on in that game, and he was a, you could just see he was a, a stocky little lad, and he wasn't afraid to shoot from anywhere. When Wayne came off the bench in the 63rd minute, Wrexham was still very much in the tie, if you remember, Paul. It was only 1-0 at the time. It was, yeah. Um, to be fair, we I think we we played quite well that evening. Um, I think we actually hit the bar. I think Lee Trundle actually actually hit the bar. Um, we, like you said, we were still in the in the tie, and then as as the game got stretched, openings became available for obviously Everton Premier League side. We were League Two at the time, and they took their chances, or he took his chances, as they say. You were only a young man yourself at the time, Paul, weren't you? Only 20. I was, yeah, I was only 20. So that was actually my uh, my debut for Wrexham. Um, Andy Dibble was a goalkeeper at the time. Yeah. Uh, he got injured on the on the Saturday. And he, I remember him saying to me after the, after the game, he said, I don't think I'm going to be right for, for next week. The the other goalkeeper, Christian Rogers, at the time, he was he was coming back from injury. And the the manager, Fairness Dan Smith, went with myself to play. So yeah, that was my actual debut for Exim. Wow, what a start! What a start to your career that was. You're speaking to us now with your Swansea City tracksuit on, Paul. So you're clearly still involved yeah. in football. Just bring us up to date, if you would. Yeah, I've um, I've recently taken a job at Swansea. Um, after I left Exim, I went into the uh, into the non-league, and once I left. Left that, I was working factory life, um, a company called Airbus. Played for a few non-league teams and then the opportunity came uh, with my coaching to, to come back into it full-time, which I grabbed the opportunity with both hands, to be honest. But when you look back at your playing career, there's a, a personal record, a piece of history that nobody can ever take from you. Yeah, that's that's true. I am I am proud of what I've what I've done within, within football. Mm. Some say I, I should have kicked on a little bit more, but I never at the time. So, but I'm still proud, and I'm and now I'm trying to influence and help goalkeepers fulfil their ability. There you go, Paul Whitfield. That's something to tell your grandkids, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking there. George would concede that they. The former Everton keeper conceded Maradona's first international goal, didn't he? Right. Uh, hand and par for uh, Argentina. So there's another uh, Wayne and Maradona link. I didn't think we'd get George Wood into a Wayne yeah. Rooney podcast. It's been a fascinating conversation. He always divided opinion, Wayne. He probably still does, but I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Gavin Buckland, Dave Prentiss, thanks very much. Yeah, it was, it was tough at times, but all I wanted to do was be on the pitch and play. <laughs>